Well, our founder, Kimberly Fletcher, has said that women got us into the current cultural mess, and it's up to women to get us out. Former feminist Peachy Keenan would agree. She's written the book Domestic Extremist. Yes, Domestic Extremist, a practical guide to winning the culture war. Stay tuned and learn how you could save our country by leaning away from feminism and leaning into motherhood. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Krulaitis, your host, and thank you once again for joining me today on the Moms for America podcast. We love it when you mamas come by and hang out with us. Right here on the top of the show, we do want to invite you to like, share, and to subscribe to our podcast. That's how we share this message all around the country. So please do that. Um, also, we do want to ask you to share this podcast with your mom friends. Um, we got another incredible show. Wait till you hear this with Peachy. It's going to be amazing for you and for you to share with your mom friends and daughters. Also, I do want to invite you here in the top of the show. If you have not joined the Moms for America movement, come on, mamas, join us here at Moms for America. We are moms uniting all across the country in every corner of the country. We're fighting for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. How do you join us? You just go to momsforamerica.us, join our newsletter, sign up uh, for our information, and then you are a part of our family. And we will be communicating with you and helping you with resources and all kinds of important information that mamas need in their journey through motherhood. Also, if you have an idea for our podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you maybe have some suggestions, some topics you want us to discuss, I'd love to hear from you as well. Okay, so do that, mamas. All right, on to today's show. All right, moms, I have a couple of questions for you. Do you believe that parents are a child's main authority and educators? That babies are good and that more babies are even better. That two sexes are plenty and that life begins at conception. All righty. Well, if you do, you're probably a domestic extremist. Can you believe that? And of course, here at Moms for America, we embrace that kind of extremism. That's what you would call it. Well, Peachy Keenan was a liberal feminist before she became a domestic extremist. She had a career working for many large corporations in Los Angeles, but she gave all that up so she could devote herself to her family. Her book is Domestic Extremist, A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War. Well, this is going to be great. I can't wait to talk to this young lady. Welcome, Peachy, to the Moms for America podcast. We're glad to have you. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. All right. On the top of the show, we always want to hear about everyone's family. Would you give us a little idea of what your tribe <laughs> looks like and how busy you are over there? I am happily married and um, I have five children. Um my baby, my poor baby, she's now not a baby anymore. She just turned seven a few days ago. <laughs> and then I have um, a 12-year-old boy. Um, I can't even count them all. A 14-year-old daughter, 16-year-old son, and an almost 18-year-old son. So we have the wow. whole range covered. I have three, 
three in high school next year, which will be interesting. <laughs> You've got all of the hormones, all oh, of the yes. different phases. You've got it all That's over right. there. That's, That's right. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> By the way, I always wanted more kids. I had three. Oh, mm-hmm. And now that I look back and I always say this to everybody, oh, I wish I would have had at least four, um, but five would have been really fun. So congratulations to you for being a, a great mama. That's awesome. Thank you. I hear that from so many women, mm-hmm. men and women. I wish I'd had one more. I mean, yeah. even I feel kind of like that. Like, oh, I see babies and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and too late know, though. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden you'll meet somebody and they're like, no, I definitely knew my last one was it. And then you knew that yeah. you were done. But there's, I think there is a large majority of women that would have kind of that feel like "Mm, I stopped maybe one too early. So, but anyways, God knows, you know, and then we've got our tribe and we do the best we can and we love them and we raise them and um, we're, we're so glad to have them. So um, I'm excited to get into your book and your story. This is very, very interesting. Um, But first I just want to know your mama named you peachy. Oh no. (laughs) How come you're using the alias? How come you're using a fictitious Mm -hmm. name here? Let's talk about that first. Yeah, my, you know, it's a pseudonym. Peachy Keenan is not my, not my, not my birth name. It was not the name I was assigned to birth. Um, I started writing and tweeting under a pseudonym like four, four or five years ago because I was working full time at a large entertainment company in Los Angeles. Okay. And I was very alone there in my, you know, radical extreme beliefs, you know. Um, about politics and just being a, you know, a conservative, being, being a Catholic. Um, I, I knew that if I had like, you know, written anything or tweeted anything about my opinions about an election or anything um, about, you know, any, right. any topic I would have been, I would have right. been beheaded. Yeah. Right. I would have been stoned to death. Like that would have been it for me. Isn't I would have been totally crazy? canceled. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. I had to be really, really careful and kind of nod my head when they said these crazy things. Everyone at work was basically like a communist, you know, with no children. And here I am <laughs> this like mother with all these kids. And I was in an office at the time. And so, yeah, that's why. And then it just sort of stuck. And I didn't, I didn't like reveal myself, my like face until just a few weeks ago. So it's been like a whole new world. <laughs> wow. So this is hot off the press that we're getting a chance to see you. And yeah. it is, it's a shame really that we've gotten to a point now where you can't have an opinion that nope. those that are tolerated are only on one side because surely they don't tolerate anyone else's opinion, which we That's know right. is the culture we're in right now. That's right. But um, we're going to hear a little bit about your story, but I want to talk about the title of your book first and domestic extremist, right? Mm-hmm. What makes someone a domestic extremist? Well, I mean, really, it's anyone who doesn't want to go along with what is considered like the proper way to live in America right now, you know, child free, um, self sterilized, you know, rejecting marriage as oppressive, right. um, living your life as this sort of like fully empowered feminist girl boss. I mean, anyone who, do- mm-hmm. who rejects that, if you choose, for example, like I did to quit your job and stay home with your baby, you know, you've betrayed the sisterhood. I mean, I like to joke, I'm not a domestic extremist. I'm just extremely domestic. And that's what the title uh, is a is a play on, you know? Yes. If you reject those sort of mainstream feminist, um, the, the lifestyle, you are extreme. Like you become this sort of like freak to your friends. And um, no one could believe that I was like quitting my job and losing all my benefits. Like why? I'm like, why? I have the benefit of my newborn. Right. That's better. And right. no one could comprehend that. And that you it does you really do feel like you are this extreme weirdo, like this outcast almost in mm-hmm. society. Well, 
crazy times for, for right. this culture that we mm -hmm. really look down on motherhood or coming home and, you know, investing everything and you can into your home. And actually, you know, the other term, oh, domestic is a great term. I love that. But the other term that I really like is homemaker too. I'm very right. proud to be making my home for my mm -hmm. children and my husband and my family. Mm -hmm. So that's another term that's mm -hmm. been lost. You know, I don't know if I really like housewife. That right. one was really bad, <laughs> but um, <laughs> homemaker, I, I love that because this is, this is my, this is my domain. This is where it all happens in our four right. walls here. Let's talk about the test before we get into your story. Okay. What uh, you've got a little quiz or a little test here. Can you give me yeah. a couple of those questions? Let me see if our moms that are listening could be domestic extremists or what. Okay. As well. Yeah, I have a copy here in my book. Um, okay. So I wrote this quiz. Are you a domestic extremist? It's very easy to find out. Hmm. Um, you take the quiz and you'll find out. So for each statement that you agree with, you just give yourself a point. So very okay. easy. So I'll read a few of these. One, I am married or would like to be. Hmm. Two, I want or have at least three children. Hmm. I want or have four or more children. I or my wife stays home with our baby or I wish I could. I believe parents are a child's primary authority and educators. Mm -hmm. Kids generally do best when raised, trigger warning, by their married mother and father. <laughs> oh, boy. I wouldn't trust the average politician or child care expert to walk my dog. <laughs> we try to attend religious services as a family. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah. Look out. Uh, life begins at conception. Mm. Children can't choose their gender. I'm going to get arrested for reading this out loud, right? That's how I feel. Um, sex education should be left up to parents and not taught to elementary school age children. Yes. And finally, promiscuity, pornography, and abortion are not conducive to long-term happiness. Okay. So you score yourself. If you scored one to three, you might be a domestic extremist. If you scored four to seven, you are definitely a domestic extremist. But if you scored, if you scored eight to 10, you're a very dangerous domestic extremist and you'll get a knock on your door very soon by a government official. And if you scored 11 or 12, in, in other words, a perfect score, bye-bye, right. have fun in the gulag. <laughs> wow. Isn't this crazy when we look yeah. at that list that is really righteous, um, <laughs> we become... In, in extremist. So right. crazy times, but it's because of people like you, moms from America, moms all across this country, dads mm -hmm. too. We love the dads. I mean, absolutely not do this without our fathers exactly. that are involved in their home and involved in the culture. Mm -hmm. It's because we are speaking truth. We are speaking common sense that we are going to save yeah. this country. Thank God, because it is mm -hmm. off the rails. Let's it talk is. a little bit about your story. Um, okay. You weren't always um, domestically no. inclined. Maybe did you ever think you're going to have five Five kids is this no. a whole new world for you from what oh, i understand yeah. you were going out this away and god put you in this mm -hmm. this camp over here tell us yeah i have done a complete 180 and i definitely talk about that in the book uh, my you know my journey so to speak domestic extremists are definitely made and not born at least in my case i mean i was raised you know secular atheist my parents were sort of reagan republicans but i rejected all that i wanted to be cool you know that was lame <laughs> and i was sort of had this sort of elite education and what the more money you spend on education oh. like the more woke and more liberal the, mm -hmm. the kids come out right so i popped right. out of college this is fully formed 
half-baked feminist. Uh, I was a pro-choice militant. Mm. I didn't care. I, my only goal in my twenties was to avoid having kids, to avoid marriage. I didn't, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be with my friends, go out, you know, be this sort of like live the sex in the city, you know, lifestyle. Mm. And lucky for me, I moved to New York um, in my twenties and like within a week I met my future husband. So <laughs> I was sort of saved <laughs> from a lot of who knows tragic mistakes. And um, what love you know, then, will do, what love will do, right? That's when God right. puts the right person in your path. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, I definitely feel like I was saved, you know, and um, just, you know, getting married to him, it, that already was like, my friends were like, wait, what, what are you, what you moved here to have fun with us? Why are you settling down already? And I was like, well, we're, I'm in my late twenties. Like, what am I going to do? Like it's, mm -hmm. I'm done, you know? <clears throat> and then we started having children. And then when I had my first pregnancy, um, I was not prepared at all um, for having a miscarriage at three months. Mm. And we were just like babes to the slaughter. We were like so devastated, so traumatized. And so my husband, after that, converted to Catholicism. And just he, he went through that process. And sort of I, I followed him in um, a few years later. You know, isn't it beautiful? These, I mean, it's tough when you lose a baby. And I don't mean that this was beautiful, but through mm -hmm. tough times, through mm -hmm. the journey of life, we become something more. And we always do hope so that true. we become a better person and that we let God take a hold of our lives and our marriages and our home, because really we can either become mm -hmm. better or bitter and we can either have hope or we can right. be hopeless. So you went on this journey of obviously uh, a righteous change, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Just butted into something beautiful. And how was your journey on this? Did you just all of a sudden get it, or was this something you had to like piece by piece kind of work through? Um, being at home, you, you didn't have a baby and want to go back to work, right? You you had the babies and you were like, "This is becoming a new life for me." I mean, I had been politically conservative since before I met my husband. Um, you know, from being like a liberal libertarian, but really by just by the process after the, the having the miscarriage mm -hmm. and then him converting, I became from, you know, abortion, uh, militant, you know, my friends who had had abortions in college, I had been like, you know, support totally supporting them and it's you know, just a clump of cells. And then, um, and then by the time I had my own, you know, experiencing ultrasounds and realizing, oh, wait a second, what I was totally lied to. Like, this is not a clump of cells. This is my right. baby with a heartbeat. And that was just unbelievably eye-opening to me. And right. I was, you know, you feel so misled, like betrayed, you know? And like when I had, when I actually held, you know, after the miscarriage, we finally had our first baby, not too soon after. I was very fortunate. I got pregnant almost right away. And um, I was holding this beautiful newborn and I was like, no one told me. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to, I'm not, you know, you would have had to like kill me to get me to like hand him off to someone else to raise like to, you know, a baby, a nanny or daycare or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I was just like, no, this is it. I'm, I don't want to have more. And we just kind of kept going from there. I never dreamed I would have five kids. Like I yeah. never, if you had told me that when I was like <laughs> 18, that I home <laughs> with five children, I would have been like, come on. But uh, mm -hmm. I just wanted them to have each other, you know, it became about them yeah, and not about me. So. Well, motherhood changes you and we, oh, yeah. we have life growing <laughs> inside of you. Um, I still don't get the fact that people be are still hold on to the abortion um, 
you know, are still pro board after they have a baby. To me, that just blows my mind. I think like you're saying, when you're coming into something, you're uneducated, you've been lied to, you know, you've got the blinders on, but once you have a child, you just realize this is something so amazing. So beyond us, you know, it's beyond, yeah, it's, it's just a gift. Um, so you now became, um, this beautiful mama and your home raising kids. And you decided to speak up mm-hmm. even more and more, write a mm-hmm. book, um, champion motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you say you, you blame the, um, squarely, uh, you blame the situation that we're in right now, uh, on women really in the feminist movement. And so does Kimberly Fletcher, our, our president. She always says that women are responsible for the mess that we're in. Now it's up to us as women to fix it. So women have been championing this idea and now we as mamas, I guess, need to come in and help them understand what's really going on because the feminist movement has destroyed motherhood. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I I like to say women are the cause of, but also the solution to all the world's problems. So, you know, (laughs) it's sort of on us. I mean, the feminist movement has been way too successful. Um, They've met all of their goals and beyond. Yeah. And now we're in this like kind of population death spiral. You know, women have, um, uh, I cite in the book, an incredible study that Wharton did, and they accidentally discovered this incredible gender happiness gap between men and women. Hmm. Men are very happy. They're, they're thrilled with feminism. Um, they get all the access they want to free women, you know, and there's no consequences to them. But meanwhile, women are now being forced, are forced to compare themselves, not just to other women, but also to men, you know, the highest achieving men, you now have to compare yourself and women are just not happy and they're not able to find spouses. Um, Men are um, now getting into college um, at much lower rates. So women are sort of dominant and they can't find men to marry because women necessarily, sometimes, you know, most women don't really want to marry someone if they're, if the woman has to be the primary breadwinner, even the feminists don't want that. And um, so we've kind of painted ourselves into this ridiculous corner. And really the only way out is for more, convince more young women to reject feminism because it's not about you. They do not have your best interests at heart at all. No. And really, as I speak with you and other gals that kind of went down that road of feminism, um, being a feminist, I should say, and not just feminine because we love feminine, but that, Mm -hmm. but that road of like denying who you are and your Mm -hmm. gifts and your talents and who you are as a woman, when people start waking up, it's really very detrimental for them. And all of a sudden they're trying to find someone they're missed, you know, their opportunity to have children and they're alone. And, you know, that's not, and there's all kinds of cases, you know, this is case by case, but I mean, in general, women want to get married and have children. I mean, that is, that's in them. That's it's God gave that to them in a special way. Let's talk about the four waves of feminism that you spoke about in your book, if you wouldn't mind. And you're mm-hmm. saying that we're on the fourth wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so catch us up to date on that. Cause I really do want to talk about this because this is what the culture has been being sold. Yeah. I mean, the first wave, I think they had good intentions. They wanted women to not have to, let's say, resort to prostitution if their husbands died. So they wanted women to have the right to support themselves and not, you know, go down this destructive path, give them the vote or whatever. Um, And then we had the boomer feminists who wanted, you know, equality and sort of like, that's when like kind of the man hating started Mm. coming in and birth control really just set that on fire, like burning your bra and you don't need to get married and you you don't need a man. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the fourth wave of feminism is sort of intersectional feminism. And feminists now have found women 
they like better than us. And those women are men. And those are the people that they're focused on. It's the trans women now who are running, who are like the, you know, that the feminists are sort of slobbering all over and they'll do whatever they want. Um, and I, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get yeah, this. Well, I do. I mean, they're sacrificing, you know, <laughs> biological females right. because biological females uphold the patriarchy because they can have children and they can get married. And that's, that's what they don't want. So trans women are perfect women because they're sterilized. They're self-sterilized. They can't have children. They're never going to um, reproduce and, you know, harm the climate. And, and they're also these perfectly, they're never going, let me, let me say that again. They're never going to reproduce and harm the climate. I mean, think about that. This is the terminology Mm -hmm. that you're hearing. I mean, it's bizarre. And I, I do, I, I understand that they want to destroy the family and that's why the whole trans movement is in, is so, so popular, but I just don't get how women don't stand for women, biological women and come right. alongside them. That, that, that's the part that just, I get that they want to destroy the family. I mean, that's how they, that's how they feel that, that that's just the basis of society. So if we can get that out, <sighs> America's really in trouble, but, but so now, so that's the third wave. Now the four, and you think now we're moving into the fourth wave and I'm afraid to ask what that is. Well, that's what I meant by the fourth wave is sort of the trans okay. women, trans okay. women, feminism, and they're kind of being rejecting, you know, what they call like white boomer feminists that's okay. rejected. But what I argued for in the book is a fifth wave of anti-feminism. And that's women like mm-hmm. us who are just like, nope, it stops with us. Like, thank you for letting us vote. Okay, we'll take it from here. You know, like we don't need you guys anymore. We got to a place we need to stop it now. Like we're done. Like, you know, yes, women should not be like abused by their husbands. Like, fine. Okay, we get it now. We don't, but now we're being replaced by men. And so the fifth wave has to be a tsunami. And that's what I'm trying to trigger with my book is a tsunami. This is it. Uh, another wave of anti-feminism, just like wash all this stuff away. And like, we need, we can, we're so powerful as women, we forget our maternal instinct, our, you know, our fertility, mm-hmm. these are superpowers, right. which is why, which superpowers, is why they, yes. yeah, which is why they have tried and worked so hard to get us to forget them, to ignore them, to dismiss them, to like repress them, mm-hmm. uh, freeze your eggs. You know, you don't need those anymore. Like a, giant corporations now offer egg freezing as one of their new HR perks um, to attract more women to the, to, to jobs. But what you're doing by freezing your eggs is you're just putting your life on hold. You're freezing your future. And it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's a crazy idea. Like, why don't you, instead of, well, focusing on freezing your eggs, why don't you take that time and focus on like building a family, finding a husband, doing it naturally. It's much healthier for you. (laughs) I don't understand this. Yeah, it is. You're, You're right. You're totally putting your future on hold, not knowing what the future may hold at all. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's so unstable. You don't know if you're ever going to find somebody, you don't know if you're ever going to build right. a life and, you know, and it, it is something that you have to go on an event and an, an adventure for, to find love, you mm-hmm. know, to, to find someone that you're going to share your life with. I mean, this is a journey. So when you put mm-hmm. that off and, and I guess right. psychologically, and I think this is what you're saying too, Peachy, when you think you psychologically can put it off, you act you that do. way. That's right. Exactly. If you know those eggs are on ice, then you feel like you have to resort to them. You don't want to meet someone yet because then that was a waste, you know, and it just sets you up in this 
it's just this terrible trap that people are getting caught in women in in careerism i mean i counsel against that also in the book like work is great i'm a working woman i worked in offices my whole life i supported myself that's fine but there are higher priorities than working for your boss and making a boss happy or a company happy for years and years and giving them your youth right um there's a lot better better uses for that <laughs> yeah that is you you're so true uh what about is it hard um, from what you see in here for young women then to even just fall in love? Have they just put such a barrier up yeah. that they're not even, um, I guess, just even open to to love? I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm hearing this a lot from young men. I, I have been meeting, you know, sort of like young uh, men in their 20s at various book events and things. And they're conservative men and they, you know, they want to find women who they can marry like suitable wives and it is rough out there yeah uh the young women in colleges are you know they they love feminism it's been yeah it's so wonderful all these benefits birth control and all this and it's making them really want to delay it as long as possible and these young men are like well i don't want you know i don't I mean, some of them are happy to be on the apps and on the dating merry-go-round or the hookup, you know, cycle. But the ones who don't want to, who want to get married when they're still young, we must say mid-20s, it's so hard for them. Um, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I'm hoping maybe to peel off some of those young women, like before they're fully indoctrinated in the cult, because I really do think of it as a cult. Yeah. And and universities are sort of the cult centers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're the well, they're is... the go ahead. Now, I used to say, this is what's so great about this podcast is we're going to get this to our moms and mm -hmm. those moms are going to ask their children, their daughters to listen to this, because if they're going off to the college campuses, if they're in, entrenched in the uh, culture, someone's got to come alongside them besides mama, mama will tell them the truth all the time, but other mm -hmm. voices need to be speaking. And, and this is what we've lost, right? We've even lost these beautiful virtues. You talk about beauty and grace and compassion and modesty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to teach this as moms, um, right. the culture speaking against it. And I think really, you know, a good man is looking for this. And I think this is what we want to be too, right? That we want to be used and abused. We want yeah, exactly. to- uphold ourselves in, 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 in beauty and with, with virtuous, uh, attributes. Yeah. I mean, it's so twisted because they've made, um, you know, I think women have a young women have a natural inclination to not want to be like used and kind of treated like a, you know, unpaid escort. Um, that sounds gross. Like, right. Like, why is that something that you want? Someone who doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, like won't remember your name. I don't know why you want to spend your your youth your 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 youthful privilege just throwing it away on that and we've con but we've convinced women that no this is how you become popular this is how you get those dopamine hits this is how you feel loved this is where you get your affirmation from strangers mm -hmm. and um you know I think that when you what we've rejected are all the sort of old fairy tales and stories like Cinderella stories are like totally taboo like those right. are all patriarchal. Those are awful. But Prince, actually, Prince Charming. Oh, I know. No. <laughs> but what people forget is like the fairy tales didn't just like come out of a writer's mind. The fairy tales, our classic yeah. stories, came out of just human desire, right. ancient, eternal human needs um, for these sort of happy endings and these tales that are 
classically feminine, classically masculine, you know, true mm -hmm. love. These are not, you know, invented by some mean man to oppress us. These come from actual human beings. Like this is, cause this is what people want. I mean, these are, this is not revolutionary, but these are now trigger words. These are now totally taboo, you know? And I, I, I went along with that for a long time. Like this is so oppressive, like Cinderella, but no, every little girl wants to be Cinderella and, and burning those stories cannot like cannot delete that inner desire that I really believe is inborn in us mm -hmm. we can't really change that human nature I agree and I think uh romance and love and being cared for and just knowing that someone's pledging themselves to you and you to them and together you make you know it's not easy marriage and it's not no, life is full of challenges but mm -hmm. um anything that's worth anything that's challenging is always worth um investing in but you know you, you we're talking about the women but what's happened to our men i mean we've really attacked uh masculinity in this culture as well too so that's right. they're, they're clueless on 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 what they can and can't be and do and who are they supposed to be now men Right. Right. I mean, they, you know, they want to be, they want to turn men into male feminist allies, which requires them to be feminized in a way that makes them then kind of unattractive to women. Mm. <laughs> That's the irony of it. I was um, one of the studies that I felt thought was so funny that I researched for my book was that um, men who identify, self-identify as feminist allies have much higher rates of erectile dysfunction and much higher prescriptions for Viagra. Okay, so just put two and two together. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's because they're trying to date feminist women <laughs> and not like beautiful conservative women. Um, that's messy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we've vilified being masculine. You know, we've yeah. we look down on you know kind of young men who are healthy and and have full of vitality who want to get married and be fathers. Like we've we've denigrated that as this like. No, no, don't do that. What? Let, let me show you some pornography. Have you seen yeah. pornography? Why don't you try some pornography? And now we've created a young a generation of young men who are really, I, I mean, the, the pornography addiction is, um, you know, that will just sap your soul and all your yeah. masculine energy and, yeah. and basically sterilize you. You yeah. know, you're expending, expending all your sexual desires into technology and not into an actual right. uh, fertile female. It's, it's a bad right. combo. Yeah. It used to be that marriage's number one problem was finances. Now it's pornography. And mm. what's frightful right now is just the whole new virtual reality. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that is really going to become an incredible um, haven for pornography or for oh my boys and girls. So it's, um, it's very, very complicated. That's why we as mm -hmm. moms, and this is why we've got to be speaking the truth and we got to mm -hmm. be challenging mm -hmm. our daughters and ourselves and our husbands mm -hmm. and our kids to just really hold the line and become accountable to one each other, to each other. And, um, right. you know, there's just so much coming in. It's, right. it's, it's really tough to hold it together. And you know that you've got five kids. Um, yeah. so, uh, what, what are you, what are you encouraging? I, I think you said you want to encourage young women to remain authentically female. And this is the word that I love lean in to being domestic. I love that because leaning in is so it, it, it's actually a very biblical term. When you lean into something, it's like you mm -hmm. give it your all, That's you right. almost fall into it. So right. I love for you to explain it. 
Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, Leaning In was Sheryl Sandberg's book, The Facebook CEO, and she wanted women to lean into their careers mm-hmm. at the expense of everything else. Like what, what really matters is who you are at work, you know? And no, we need to lean out of that and lean back in to who we were before our job came along, which is remaining authentically female. And just remaining authentically female is like a huge battle now. I mean, rates of like of young women who are who identify as you know non-binary or queer, right. or what bisexual, whatever it is, Think about are like that. are like what is it, like one in five uh, Gen Z women now, or even higher, forty percent. You know, some schools, some my friends eighth school at her at her school, the eighth grade girl, it's a girls' school. In the eighth grade, it's like a fairly small eighth grade. There's like ten or twelve girls now already in eighth grade. 13 year old girls who identify as non-binary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you can just like remain yourself. That's, 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 you've already won a huge battle and there's nothing wrong with that. We've, we've somehow made it bad to want to be female, to want to be feminine, you know um, that's become this sign of the patriarchy again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, no, again, that's where your superpower lies. If you're the last <laughs> woman standing who still looks like a girl and dresses like a girl, that's like right. you'll, you'll win, you'll clean up. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And, you know, it's so hard um, to watch what's happening with our young girls right now mm-hmm. and them moving away from being a women, um, even though they never will, they're still trying. So it's just this, and then just all of the surgeries and the, the drugs and all the things we have right. no clue about how uh, detrimental this will be to them. It really is. It's there's the, like you're saying, when you talked about the, the stages, you know, it was the, the beginning of feminism and look where it has gone. It is just really now destroying generations that will really may never be able to recover if they make some of these big decisions in their life. Right. So oof, tough, tough, tough stuff. Yes. Well, what do you tell our girls about having children and, 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 um, being open to what God has for them. I'd love to have you close us out with that, Peachy. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I have a teenage daughter and I have another little daughter. And, um, you know, I, I have to say that it is so tough. I mean, we're, we're raising our daughters, you know, as these sort of like Christians, Catholics, but it's still hard. You know, they they look at all the imagery and all the, the influencers out there and, you know, Taylor Swift and all this stuff. And you just have to try to keep reinforcing, you know, what's real, what matters. And, you know, for me, honestly, like converting to Catholicism and raising my children to believe in these fundamental things, like no matter what else happens, you know, I can't predict the future, but at least I know, I feel very confident that my daughters will remain pro-life, you know, and that alone will reject reject birth control. So just that alone, I feel like will undercut any other kind of feminist messages that they absorb at all, you know? Um, The good news is that so far my teenage daughter has fully embraced her femininity. You know, she loves being a girl. She's very girly, you know? So I'm very encouraged. I'm very hopeful that I will in fact (laughs) see her with lots of children one day. Are you optimistic for our culture? I mean, I do think, you know, my book is called, you know, it's a practical guide to winning the culture war. So yes, I think we will win really. It feels like, oh no, how can we win? Like they have everything, but you know, I like to say they have a hundred year head start on us and the sooner we get started, the better. And this is going to be, we're not going to win by next Tuesday. Um, We've just started a few years ago, but the great news is that they really have like let their masks slip. We've seen now 
you know, what their kind of plans are for women. And they, right. they really want to erase women. That's they right. want us to be sterilized and reject our own inborn gender. And so they've revealed themselves and they're, when you see them, they're not appealing. Like they have bad aesthetics. They don't look healthy. They seem really angry. I want to be the side that's, you know, better looking, having more fun, more interesting and more appealing. And I think right. that young people, I mean, at least young men I know are rejecting it now because they yeah. look at these people and they're like, I don't want anything to do with those weirdos. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if we can just be the more normal side and having right. more fun, I think we will win. I mean, good always triumphs over evil, right? That's right. Well, I do appreciate your book. I do appreciate your message. I love that Thank you're you. out there on Twitter. I love that you've got a following. <laughs> we, like you said, they've got a hundred year, hundred years on us. What's the sad thing is, is that we let it go. We let it slip through yeah, our fingers. We did, and we were, um, you know, portrayed as idiots. You know, if you're a homemaker mm -hmm. and you're a mom and stuff, you're just you, you're in your own unsuccessful world of just, you know making spaghetti. And it's just so much bigger than that. When you right. have um, the opportunity to be a mom and you have the opportunity to raise the next generation, you know, we talk about raising humanity. Think about that gift, how mm -hmm. big, how bold that is that That's God right. would say, you know what, mama, I'm going to place a baby, a soul in your womb and you and your husband, hopefully get a chance to raise this child. And those could be the doctors and the world changers and the next mm -hmm. mamas. I mean, that's huge. I mean, how do you compete with that? What competes yeah. with that? No, I know we have, we have the power to basically save the country and like human civilization. It just really, and we can start today. It's not that hard. <laughs> You know, put down my book, light a candle, get romantic. Yeah. Tell I us mean, about that. Yeah, tell us about that book again. Where do we find it at, PG? Okay, so Domestic Extremist. It went on sale just a few weeks ago, and you can buy it on Am on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. And you can all follow me on Twitter at Keenan Peachy. Okay, are you on Instagram too, or just mainly Twitter? Yeah, Twitter and Substack, PeachyKeenan.substack.com. I don't have an Instagram yet. Maybe I should get one. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the mamas are over there. So I know, I know. All right. Well, we will uh, tag you in this and share okay. this everywhere. And we are, we're about changing the culture, investing in our girls and um, making change. Good change. Good change for it. women. Awesome. Amazing. So thank you, Peachy. Say hello to those kids. Give them a big hug and, <laughs> and do your hubby. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks again, Peachy. What a great interview. Uh, we've always said that it's the moms that are going to save our country. We say that every week. So true, right? When we look at this mama and the mamas that are listening, we are the ones that are going to save it. And uh, hey, if we're domestic extremists, well, so be it. <laughs> Go ahead and make sure you get that book of Peachy. Um, we know that they're trying to destroy our families and we as moms, we are going to stand up against it. All right, moms. Also, I want to make sure that you sign up for our newsletter, that you get all of our information. Again, that is at momsforamerica.us. Sign up for our newsletter. Join the movement. We want you here at Moms for America. We provide so much information on all of these cultural issues and discussions and topics. So please, please join the movement at, at Moms for America. Also, when you stop by our website, I do want to invite you to check out our cottage meetings. That's our signature program. That's what we do in our homes, right? We have these uh, great resources for you. And the cottage meetings will help you um, teach the principles of liberty to your children. Talk about America's heritage. Um, it's really a great program. So check it out. These 12 lessons will really inspire and educate you on America's history um, so you could teach the principles of liberty to your kids. And that's 
what it's all about. Us as mamas teaching it to our kids in our home, in our four walls here at our kitchen table. So check all that out, mama, at our momsforamerica.us. We say this every week. We do believe that liberty begins at home and that moms, you are the heartbeat of America. You are the heartbeat of your home. So um, we're here to support you. Yeah, I've been saying this to everybody now. When they say, what's Moms for America? I'm like, we're the ultimate support group for conservative moms that are concerned about their country, their kids, and America's future. So again, we are here to help you. Uh, please share this with uh, this podcast with your mama friends. Please make sure you stop by next week for our next podcast. Uh, we're here every week for um, sharing informative and inspiring stories uh, for moms, just like you from moms, um, just like us. So super cool. We'll see you next week. And moms, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And I will be talking to you soon. Thanks. God bless.